previously on Good Sex, Bad Sex. I think if you're going to have multiple partners, you have to tell them mm. so that they know they have the option to go, I don't want to be with you. Mm. And, and, I, and I found that in my life, and I know if it's true for most people, if you, are, if you, do, if you can work the nerve, because if you like, really like someone, you don't want to tell them that in case they go, oh, I don't like the sound of that, and then they leave. But I've found that in the early days of the relationship, if you do tell them that you are seeing other people, mm. uh, most of the time it's had the opposite happens, and they are more curious and and then and tr- try harder or make more of an effort to have a fun time when when you are with them. <laughs> And welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex. This is a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like The Apprentice, but with fewer cocks. <laughs> I'm Miranda Kane. And I'm Bibi Lynch. And you can see our blogs at metro.co.uk. Today um, on our podcast, we're talking to the woman with the 12-inch bio. Hi, my name's Alex Fox, and I'm one of those annoying people whose job description has more slashes in it than a werewolf's T-shirt. Uh, I am a sex educator for adults and younger people. Uh, I'm a very proud ambassador for Brooke Young People's Sexual Health Charity and I uh, work with Terence Higgins Trust, uh, the HIV charity. Uh, I'm a journalist, I'm a broadcaster. You can find me on Radio 1's Unexpected Fluids and The Modern Man Show with two ends because I like a buy one, get one free on a consonant. BB. Yes. I've got a question. Oh, go on. What do you think an orgasm gap is? Um, is it that, you know, on the Northern Line? Yeah. You know, when they say mind the gap? Yeah. Do they mean... Do you know what? You've got it in one. Do you think there is an orgasm gap? And what would you say is the orgasm gap? Well, if you look at statistics, reported statistics, on how often in partnered heterosexual sex men report orgasming every every time versus women who say that they've climaxed every time, there is a massive difference between those two figures. Women regularly say that they either don't reach orgasm through uh, penetrative sex or through uh, that kind of partnered sex act, uh, whereas men seem to say that, they're, well, they say that they're spunking almost every time. I actually... Was there a spunking every time box? Is that what they did? <laughs> uh, did you spunk into the box? Tick this box. Um, Well, I actually do think it's a myth that men don't fake orgasms. Uh, I've spoken to quite a few penis owners who say that if they're stressed or they're tired or uh, they want to give the impression to their partner that they are um, having a pleasurable time when in fact they're not for whatever reason, which Mm. is obviously a regrettable and toxic situation, uh, that they have actually faked orgasm. And if you're using condoms... Uh, that's rather easy to do. Although I've also spoken to a gent who said that um, he was uh, experiencing, he was uh, taking antidepressants, which can make it very difficult for people of any gender to reach orgasm. It usually takes a lot longer and it can actually be quite frustrating if, and almost upsetting if, you know. Almost depressing. Yeah, 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 there's an irony (laughs) to it. But he said that um, he was having long-term issues reaching climax because of the... um, uh, the SSRI medication that he was taking yeah. and he was worried that admitting that to his partner would have a detrimental effect upon his relationship so his uh, solution if you want to call it that 
was to have sex with her doggy style and then spit on her back <gasps> to pretend that it was ejaculate. Oh, no. So women aren't the only people who are faking orgasms yeah. or who aren't having orgasms when uh, their partners believe that they are. Uh, but the orgasm gap refers to the fact that um, there is a huge difference on average in uh, the ex experiences of pleasure that women are getting versus those of men. And it seems to be something ingrained because I'm doing a project at the moment and I'm asking loads of people to do sex noises into a microphone, basically. Uh, it's called Slaving Away. It's going to be available on audio. Um, <laughs> all the male actors, we're asking, can you just do some sex noises? Because we just need background ones. And we had a couple in the other day and their sex noises were like, oh, oh, like and I was like, can you do it again, but just make it sound like you enjoy sex? You sound a bit distressed. Yeah. But then we asked the girls to do it. All the girls did it completely perfectly, like <laughs> natural. And at the end of the day, one of them said, well, it's more normal for me. I know how to fake it. And it's like, yeah. Like, so when you say the, the pleasure gap, I think we are a bit more used to faking orgasms than, or at least the world tells us that we should be more used to faking orgasms than with men. But I think it's just, it's just quite interesting interesting that there is unfortunately that orgasm gap out there so what kind of things are coming out that you you can tell us about to help close that well in order to close the orgasm gap we need to examine why it's happening in the first place mm. um and a big underlying factor is just that for a long time male pleasure has for, been foregrounded in sex over female pleasure. It's seen as uh, more important. I think it's if we dissect that a bit further as well, um, traditionally, if you will, um, penetrative sex between a man and a woman has been considered to be over when the man ejaculates. Um, and if you're looking at that from a biological point of view and considering uh, penetrative sex as just an act that is uh, intended to conceive a child and, and continue the human race, mm -hmm. then I suppose at its most basic, that is true but that is obviously not something that we should that model is not something we should still be aspiring to yeah. now when we know how important the equality is between within so relationships womanizer the company um you know we'll be talking about the toy later they this is part of their ethos isn't it so kind of closing the orgasm gap and making sure there's equality and breaking down stigma in terms of what do they mean by equality within sex because do you think there isn't equality within sex now Womanizer, a, a German brand. Um, I should probably clarify that their name <laughs> does not have the same connotations in Germany as it does in the UK. A brand that are purporting to be all about female pleasure, who have a name that connotes sort of slimy, sleazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's, there's a bit of an unfortunate um, association in the UK. <laughs> um, but yeah, they make, they were pioneers of a very new type of technology. It has been copied by other people now. I think it's out of patent, so it's inspired a lot of a lot of copycats. Um, but it was Womanizer who first started using this technology that. Um, Whereas a lot of toys designed for female bodies uh, work by having a motor that vibrates against the skin, which mm. works for a hell of a lot of people. Uh, for some people, they find that um, essentially being repeatedly hit in a light fashion can be numbing for them over a long period of time or even make them quite sore. Um, and depending on how your lady parts are personally arranged, if you have uh, particularly 
flappy bits and bobs, then they can rub against each other and and, uh, and feel uncomfy. Mm. Uh, I've spoken to women who have been survivors of FGM, female genital mutilation, who've said that um, because there is some damage or scar tissue to the clitoral area, that traditional vibrators aggravate that for them. So uh, tr- those old-style vibes don't work for everybody. Mm. What womanizer build are toys that instead of vibrating against the genital area, they actually kind of fit around it and create a little suction cup, if you will, and they use air pressure to suck in and out very oh, fast. Clever. So they, yeah, so they offer stimulation without any direct contact, and for a lot of people, that's absolutely revolutionary. Uh, and they found that lots of women who had previously been anorgasmic who had never experienced an orgasm before or reported that they hadn't, Mm. could do so with this type of toy, this new style of toy. So it's genuinely exciting. It's also genuinely a reason why I've been fucking late for many, many meetings (laughs) over the past few months. Um, Just testing, just testing the brand. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everybody else's not suitable for work is my work. This is fine. Um, But yeah, by thinking outside the box about women's boxes, if you will, womanizer are trying to to close that pleasure gap, that orgasm gap, um, by giving people a new way of stimulating themselves and producing pleasurable sensations. And do you think that's that's going to be quite empowering? Is that going to help people when they... Because it's not only just women, it's going to be people who have vaginas. Yes. And so do you think that's... that? Like That sounds to me like it would be a really nice empowering thing for anyone if they don't feel comfortable with their own genitalia as well. I think anything that gives people new ways to positively explore and experiment with their body yeah. and produce new new senses of pleasure is a really great thing. I think the more that we can uh, acknowledge our body's ability to make us feel good, the more likely we are to feel good about our bodies. Um, I've actually really, I've tried to start masturbating a bit more mindfully. Um, As someone who's been working within sex and media for almost a decade and a half now, I get sent a literal fuck ton of sex toys, <laughs> some of them better than others. I actually have, um, I've had to, re- <laughs> to rent space to store them in now <laughs> and I have a loft full and a treasure chest full. Like they are, I'm surprised my bed is still actually touching the carpet and it's just not on, I mean, on top of some mountain. Um, unfortunately, of- they're just not something you can put on eBay saying slightly used. Oh, when you can. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit more niche. But there, there are, Yeah, especially when they've been in my niche. <laughs> Um, there are recycling schemes, but a lot of these, uh, a lot of my toys, I like to keep so I can refer back to them. I'm always digging out a dildo or a dong, just you know, just to check if it is how I remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I went through a phase, particularly as I've been single for around three years. I've started dating a little bit more now, but I went through a phase where I had all these sex toys on hand because sometimes glued to my hand practically uh and i was just i'd learned to crank out an orgasm almost to the point where it felt like i was vomiting it up you know violent and really fast and and i realized that i although it was um i could i could ostensibly kind of pleasure myself if you will really fast that I wasn't really paying attention to how my whole body felt and that it just become a bit reflexive and my my 
so-called pleasure was on autopilot yeah. for a long time. So I've been trying to dial that back recently and reappreciate the uh, senses that my whole body gives me and, and uh, prompt myself to kind of touch myself differently and try different things. Uh, and as part of that, I've been trying to um, look in the mirror more and uh, appreciate how I look when I feel good because I have found that that has had a really wonderful positive effect on how I feel about my body image on a day-to-day basis because and outside of question, the sexual like, context. Almost, why, why does it matter? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Almost like, why, well, okay, why, it's better, it's quick, because you've got, you know, neighbours to watch and washing to do. So, you know, it's better. But you think you feeling something all over gives you that sense of, I am woman or whatever it is, and you take that outside. For me, yeah, paying attention to my whole holistic self, my whole body, rather than just going, I can crank out a wank and make my genitals do this uh, happy pants dance mm. within pretty much two minutes flat, if not faster. <laughs> I am very efficient in some ways. Um, that by actually paying attention to my whole self and making masturbation an act of self-love rather than just producing an orgasm, that it has had a really positive effect up, upon my whole life. What kind of tips, if you had like three top tips for mindful masturbation, what kind of things would you say where people could start, like for practical reasons? Because I'm like that as well, where I'm just like, oh, I've got two minutes, crank it out, let's go. And that is a skill. Yeah. I am I am not doing down the, um, the faster than a speeding bullet with a bullet. Yeah. That is a brilliant thing. Yeah. And lots of people, I should imagine, who are listening to this are probably rolling their eyes because if you're not somebody who finds it easy to come, then that sounds like... That sounds Just like plain a, old showing off. Yeah, exactly. Like an asshole thing to complain about your holes. Um, so my three tips for more mindful masturbation. I'm friends with a really brilliant... A psychotherapist who specialises in helping people who are having uh, sexual challenges uh, called Kate Moyle. Uh, and I've also been reading a book by a life coach called Felicity Morse. And they both give similar tips on how to ground yourself in the here and now. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have often have a very busy mind mm. and a loud, chattering, nattering head. I find that my brain's often... Like one part of it is thinking about my to-do list yeah. while I'm doing myself, and you know, the other bit is, like you say, BB, thinking, "Oh God, I've got to get the washing out of the out of the machine, and I really should dye my roots because my hair looks like somebody's overgrown allotment and whatnot." <laughs> um, and I find that to really appreciate my physical sensations I need to be in the moment mentally Mm. Uh, and what Kate Moyle and Felicity Morse say is um, if you uh, press your first finger and your thumb together and name three things that you can see so first sort of ground yourself visually then your second finger and your thumb three things you can hear third finger and your thumb three things that you can uh, taste or smell if you find that easier and then finally move on to to feeling and I find that a really like useful that. way yeah. to kind of, it really helps me focus myself um I've actually tried doing that during partnered sex I think I sounded like a loon because I was accidentally doing it out loud using his using his fingers <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> actually that would be a really nice exercise yeah. if you're in that kind of relationship um, but you can do it in your head Second tip, I find that often when I'm sexually excited, I tend to breathe really high up in my chest. 
I'm a panther. When my pants come off, I'm a panther. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that, like a hyperventilating gerbil. Um, <laughs> uh, but actually, if you breathe really deeply, that can sti- it, it naturally stimulates more of your abdomen. Um, it helps to relax you. It helps to make you... Uh, feel more calm and and slow your 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 heartbeat down but also um some people post postulate that it stimulates a nerve called the vagus nerve that runs like down the center of the body it's actually got it's got all sorts of twisting arms that uh, link into bits of the genitals and mm. it goes all the way up into the face and some people say that deep breathing can help you to plug into the sensations flowing through that nerve that's something i'd like to do more research on i am a bit of a scientist and a cynic um, but i have to say that breathing differently yeah and experimenting with breathing through my nose or through my mouth has definitely changed my ability to orgasm sometimes just paying attention to um the ins and outs of my face (laughs) rather than the ins and outs of an area down below have really uh, made the difference between coming and not coming for me um so there's the fingertip the breathing Mm -hmm. tip what's my number three going to be this is a difficult one because we all lead such packed lives. But I find that actually setting aside proper time to masturbate um, or to to or to have a pleasurable physical moment with yourself is really important. Why is it important to do it? For me, it's part of self-care. Um, I find that um, making it a priority for me to check in with my whole body and to relax myself and to uh, feel reverent about myself in that way, particularly if I'm having a hectic week where I might feel like I've been spread thinner than a miser's marmite for the, for the rest of my existence, making 20 minutes, half an hour to relax and it just be the most private, like the distillation of me time, if you will, has really helped my mental health. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm all for making wanking justifiable and excusable for whatever reason. So, sure, yeah. absolutely, it's definitely helped my mental health. In a way, that's sort of the same as going for a walk or going to the gym or going... Oh, combine you know. them, Miranda, combine them. <laughs> combine wanking and going to the gym. gym. Who says I do? doesn't already? Doesn't so already. It's a bit of a movement towards that. There are quite a few people trying to sort of combine wellness and yeah. sexuality or self-care and sexuality. Uh, and you can get various wearable toys and gadgets and gizmos. So it's quite feasible that you could uh, uh, wear a vibrator whilst you go spinning. Or, you know. Jesus I mean, that sounds to me like a challenge. I'm already worried about them seats in my arse. I don't need any other bit of Take excitement. It's fine. Can I ask you about the... Um the Liberty. Yes. Mm. So Liberty is Womanizer's new travel mm. toy. Mm. Have you have you had a go? Have you been given one? Oh, what a rude question. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I'm liberated right now. Um, no, I haven't, but I understand. I kind of like the idea of it. So it's using that suction, that kind of yes. clever stuff they were doing. Um, but it's a travel toy. Yeah, it's been specifically designed to make it easy to transport. Mm. Um, what about Brexit? Is that going to affect it in any way? <laughs> Actually, you'd be surprised because 
If you want to take toys with you, particularly on a flight, uh, then you are affected by international laws uh, <laughs> pertaining to taking devices on planes. Um, wow. At the moment, uh, I mean, it really depends on how strict uh, an airport or uh, a customs officer or whatever wants to be with you. Um, but at the moment, um, way back in July 2014, a new rule was introduced that stated that if you wanted to take an electronic device as carry-on luggage with you, that it had to be able to turn on at the security gate to prove that it does what you're saying it does and yeah. it's not some kind of decoy dildo that's yeah. actually a bomb. Yeah. Uh, and a few people fell foul of that because they brought um, mains-powered or USB-charged vibrators, but they hadn't charged them up oh. and they couldn't prove that they were sex toys. Um, if you're going to go down, it's not for that, is it? No. <laughs> going down on a plane is a, is a whole new... <laughs> Oh, new. <laughs> new discussion. Um, yeah, but Womanizer's Liberty, the travel toy, is designed for a start to be discreet so that if you are uh, taking it through uh, through security on a plane or if you're just going away for a bit of a dirty weekend and you don't want all and sundry to, mm. to spy what you're getting up to and down to, you know, it kind of looks like maybe a little perfume bottle or uh, uh, it could be... Um, have you seen those... Um, Facial cleansing devices. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, describe yeah. it. What do you mean? Uh, it looks like a vibrator. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like a, a lot like the uh, Womanizer Liberty. Oh, but. thank you. <laughs> more and more things buzz these days. Yeah. Yeah, I've got more and more uh, things that I can pretend my vibrators are. Uh, so, yeah, it's designed to look more discreet. Um, it's also smaller than some of the other toys. Um, it's uh, the the way it it sort of fits together with a magnetized lid that is intended to keep it nice and clean. Um, so it's not gonna. I don't know about the bottom of your handbag. Oh, what a euphemism! Just um, not nice at all. Mine's yeah. got a lot of old pieces of chewing gum in it. Yeah, like really furry bits of chewing gum, and I still know that I. I don't take them out because they've they've saved they've me. Got memories. From, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you name them? <laughs> no, I just know that I've had those yeah. uh, bad breath, like coffee, coffee cough disasters, <laughs> where I've been quite glad of the furry bits of chuddy in the bottom there. <laughs> oh, but still, I'm not sure I'd want them nestled against anything that was going to nestle against me privately afterwards. Thank you, Alex. That was Miranda. That was mm. a lot of information. That was. Where are you standing on the suction? I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting on it, to be honest. <laughs> Wasn't that an image? It was. It was. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm into it. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Call me. I'm BB Lynch. And I'm Miranda Kane. <laughs> and this has been Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast by Metro.co.uk and produced vaguely by Sam Bonham I'm not talking to him Miranda I know I know <laughs> um, see you next week everyone mm-hmm.